I welcome into Honorado and Bagnardi, Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, Friday Bag. We're making this kind of a more of a weekly tradition than we had really planned, but it's Friday and, and we're back at it, man. You ready for the weekend, which includes the NBA All-Star Game, which I know you're into? Now, Shawnee, this is 2021. You are on mute. This isn't your first time Zooming. All right, I'm dropping bags here because I'm. it's telling me I can't unmute the guest. Now it looks like maybe he's back. Let's bring him in. Hello, Sean. What's going on here? What, what, what? did you do? I didn't, I didn't click anything. You know what? That's the best way to start a show, isn't it? Because that really captivates the audience. Because you know what it is? It's like a train wreck. You know, <laughs> or like a car accident. You're driving by. You're like, oh, this is right. good stuff. Now, How what else is going to go wrong during this show? <laughs> they already <laughs> couldn't get their audio right at the start. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. oh, are they going to figure this out or not? This will be Now, so when right. I tell you you're on mute, why don't you look down at the little microphone icon and see, am I on mute? No, because I wasn't I wasn't muted. What happened was this cord got pulled out a little bit on my mic, so it wasn't actually muted. But you know what? Like I said, we now have the captivated audience we were looking yeah. for. So you're yeah. welcome. Something like that. Anyway, to answer your question, I'm ready for the weekend, man. It is the All-Star Game. Let's go. I was not on board with the All-Star Game. Um thought mm, maybe play it maybe don't play it but now that they're going to play it now that we have the teams now that we're going to do all the skill stuff and the dunk contest have to I'm ready to go let's do it first of all the dunk contest who cares I mean three guys that nobody cares about Obi Toppin probably wins the thing because he is an athletic freak and so maybe he does win the thing and that would be cool for Knicks fans yes okay the three-point contest is where it's at and we'll get into some of the the background stuff that's going on in Atlanta here, which is not exactly great. But the three-point contest, man, Steph Curry, uh, Devin Booker, you got Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum. I mean, those are six star names in the NBA. So the three-point contest is going to be exciting. That's pregame. They're going to do the dunk contest at halftime because the three guys in it are in the All-Star game itself. I love the fact that there are guys like Steph Curry who don't shy away from the competition of what they're supposed to be the best at. And, and right. there's a good chance he loses because it's just a fluky kind of contest. Yeah. But he's not afraid to com- he's not afraid to be part of it, which I love. You're implying here ultimately that people aren't f- afraid of competing in the dunk contest. Yeah, and and I banged on LeBron, but it's not even just LeBron anymore. It's it's Giannis. It's the guys who are the absolute stars in the game who don't take part in the dunk contest. And don't tell me they're worried about getting injured or any of that. No, they're worried about losing. Yeah, I think I think the whole thing. Sorry, we're having a whole we're having a whole mess today. Having a whole mess today. Um, I think the whole thing is though. It's like the create the creative side of things where you have the difficulty in the dunk contest, right? Like the three point shootout. All you got to do is go out there and shoot. You know, it is what it is. And yeah, you can go have a bad 
outing in that, and no one's going to be like, well, no, it's a good three-point shooter. You lay an egg in a dunk contest, you start missing dunks, you start doing stuff that we've already seen, and then that's when you get the, you know, the TNT guys really ripping on you. You know, that's when it becomes more of a, an image hit. So I think that is a big part of it, too. What haven't we seen already from the dunk contest? So I'm okay with some younger guys doing some things that – you know, maybe maybe try some things, and then that way if they fall flat on their face, it doesn't look so bad for the league. What about just the overall format of the game, Bags? Do you like now – is this year three we've been doing the draft? Maybe mm-hmm. year four even. Yeah. Um, do you like the draft format where you're going to pick two captains, right, the top vote getters, and you're going to have – as opposed to East versus West, which is the traditional all-star game? So for some reason, this year had me kind of missing East versus West. I don't know why. Maybe just the way that now the, you know, it was so unbalanced when we were growing up, right? The West seemed to be just such a dominant powerhouse. But now you've got really equal, legitimate star power, veterans, young players, very balanced, right? So I kind of want to see the East versus West again. Like, let's see that right. Let's see that rivalry sort of reemerge. But I think in general, I do like the draft format better because you get to, here's the thing. You can have teammates going against each other, which is interesting. That's an interesting element to it. Um, Now, part of me, especially as a, a fan of a team who has, three all-stars this year Durant's not playing obviously but I wanted to see them all together you know and I want to see them playing on their respective team you know being teammates again in that setting um so I guess I could see that both ways but the fact that you can now have it where guys who are normally teammates can go head to head I think that adds an interesting element to it I don't love the draft format and I know a west conference guy took an eastern conference guy with the first overall pick lebron drafted Giannis, and so there was immediate mixture i would rather see conference versus conference to me it's just and and i know look the dominance is cyclical the 90s belonged to the east yeah and then the west was so great for so long because you're talking about kobe and Shaq, and and that conference dominated for a while um but that always comes back around. The National League used to dominate the All-Star game. Now the American League has recently. I want to see conference versus conference, league versus league. If you're going to totally like mix it up and it's a draft format, fine. But the problem is it isn't bags. If you look at this year's rosters, LeBron only has like three or four guys on his team from the East. And Durant only has three guys from the West, I believe, Zion, Kawhi, and Mitchell. Davis is in the play. So, you know, know, it's not a great mixture anyway. It's almost like you're playing conference versus conference. So let's let's just do that. Well, yeah. You know, the the thing with this, though, is when you look at it, it gives the players the control, too which I think is something that we we want to see. You mentioned it's cyclical, right? The dominance. But it's dominance that winds up being cyclical. And we have real strings where one conference goes year after year after year winning. So let's have it where, you know, we can mix it up a little bit. Maybe the captains are going to wind up favoring their conference 
anyway, yeah. but we get a little bit of that mixture to make the game competitive enough where it's not going to be a cyclical thing where it feels like one team is dominating year after year. We have no idea who's going to, who's favored in this kind of matchup. Whereas we could, if it was a conference thing where it used to be, and we know that there are really one or two extra big superstars in a particular conference. So I think that helps. And the, the ultimate thing is just whether or not there's parity within the conferences, you know, ultimately. And, then there, there has tended to not be in basketball, but I think there kind of is now with the superstars. So it really doesn't matter to me either way. Um, the one thing that kind of stinks about not having conferences is like I used to be an Eastern Conference guy and I'd root for the East. Now this year it's out. Now you're rooting for Durant's team? Of course. Yeah. But that's not always the case, right? And, you know, what if LeBron took Kyrie first? And, you know, what if Durant wasn't a captain? And, you know, it just – you could wind up having players from your favorite team split up and it's like, well, now who am I rooting for? And it doesn't really matter because you kind of just root for players in the game anyway. That's the NBA now, man. And that is that is how the younger generation roots for the NBA is not teams, it's players. They follow players. Yeah. And and I think, look, I, I give Adam Silver a lot of credit for the way he's kind of ahead of the curve or at least right on time with a lot of what's going on around his sport. And maybe that was the impetus of, hey, let's have a draft because we know this is a league that is player driven. There may not be like just these strong allegiances to individual conferences because if you aren't a fan of a team, right, you're not going to be necessarily a fan of a conference, right? I'm a Braves fan. I root for the National League. But if somebody who's 15 only roots for Mike Trout or yeah. Bryce Harper or, and doesn't care about the Phillies and Angels, you, you just want to see those guys on the field. It doesn't necessarily matter. You're not going to root for the National League or the American League. You're going to root for that guy to do well when he's at the plate. Which they're going to be out there anyway, no matter what yeah. the format is. So it doesn't really matter in that sense if that's all you really care about. You can root for Durant, whether or not he's on the Eastern Conference or he's on Team Durant. Um, the draft itself is interesting because it gives you – that option of guys, you know, if we could form a real rivalry between big stars in the league and you get captains who make it year after year yeah, and they take this thing seriously where it's like Duran is sitting there like, well, LeBron beat me last year. I'm going to try to go out and, and beat him this year. But, you know, that, that's a difficult thing to really have that over and over where you're going to get the same two captains, right? I mean, we've seen it be Giannis and LeBron in the mm -hmm. past, Durant this year. Um, and there is still a division of conference involved here when you look at you have five Western starters, Eastern starters. You know, there is some kind of balance in terms of the player pool that these guys are selecting from. So, yeah, look, at the end of the day, the most important thing to me about this game is whether or not it's going to be competitive at all. And these guys, I don't think they – they care so much if they're Team LeBron or Team Western Conference. I I'm interested in the effort level that we're going to see and do they want to win no matter what team they're on or what's on the, the jersey? What kind of effort level are we going to see and is it going to get competitive? That's what would make it more exciting to me is how seriously these guys take it. And if this draft element helps that as well, then I'd be okay with that because if they take it more personally because of that added element, then okay. Then whatever helps make the game more competitive and whatever helps make and you know i know they changed it with the like each quarter score thing and that yeah. too 
you know, there's different different things they're doing to try to make it interesting throughout. Because look, the way it has been in the past is just watch the fourth quarter. It's yeah, it's it's a it's crap for three quarters. I mean, right. it really is. I it mean, the NBA now, the, the one thing that was sort of fascinating and interesting about it was, oh, they're playing at a much different pace. They're getting up a lot more shots. They're not playing defense. It's a regular season now. Correct. So it's really less interesting in the first three quarters of an all-star game. I want to yeah. see the best of the best really taking it seriously and going head-to-head. Now, that being said, do I want to see Kyrie Irving uh, sprain his ankle trying to make a play late in this game? No, I do not. I, I don't care about it to that extent. But as a fan of the game, I do want to see these guys competing against each other and taking it seriously. Carol's waiting for Kevin Herter. Yeah, I mean, look, he's got to get voted in first and then selected as or selected as a reserve. Mm. And then obviously, yeah, he he would be as a part of this draft too. Trey Young isn't in. Yeah, crazy. And no Chris Middleton either. I mean, there are guys missing. Yeah, and Booker wasn't in either uh, until the Anthony Davis injury exception. And I'm not saying Trey Young is one of the best guards in the NBA. Statistically speaking, it would be difficult to keep him out of an all-star game. But if you watch him night in and night out, you may not say, yeah, this guy's an all-star. He, he just is kind of eye-popping. Like, he's an entertainment guy. And look, if that's what we're doing, if we're, if we're just putting this game on to entertain, then yes, Young should be part of it because he'll be shooting 40-footers and, and draining, you know, two of seven of them or whatever. And and there is no crowd, but the crowd would love it. People watching on TV would love that. He he is entertaining enough to be part of the All-Star game, but just credential-wise, I'm, I'm not surprised that he isn't there. Could Young be a guy who we see, and I know you don't really care about All-Star appearances at the end of the day, at the end of a guy's career, right? It doesn't really matter to you. But could Young be the first guy who we see who really just maybe not the first guy, but the first sort of modern guy who doesn't make very many all-star games and somehow winds up being a Hall of Famer because of the numbers? Yeah, maybe. Do you really think though he won't be? I don't know. I, he's not there this year. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think he'll make. All-star teams. And I wonder how he's viewed around the league, too. Like, obviously, the fans vote in the starters, but then the reserves, I I wonder how he's viewed around the league. Do guys want to reward him for his play? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, He's not Allen Iverson. No. But there's that. He's not Steph Curry. No, he's not. No, but there is that sort of get a lot of shots up, and score a lot of points because yeah. you get a lot of shots up. Yeah. Play sort of a more selfish game. I mean, I, I think he I think he's gotten better about that. But look, if he doesn't get much better at it, I don't know. Maybe he is viewed a different way that keeps him out of these kind of things. It's a, it's a little bit weird. He he seems to be the glaring omission, but then we have to play the game. If you're gonna add a guy, you gotta take somebody off too, right? Right. And I think the list that we have is a list of deserving players. Yeah, I mean, you could take another volume score off, like Zach Levine, to put Trey Young on. You could. Yep. Yep, you could. That'd Outside be- of him, Bags, I don't know that there 
I wouldn't remove anybody else from this list. Right. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal is is just tearing it up scoring wise yeah. this season. You really can't. Um, yeah. Look, the fact that Devin Booker barely made it. I mean, if I if I told you you want Devin Booker or Trey Young on your yeah. team, I mean, that's yeah. a no-brainer, right? Right. So right. Yeah. I know. I know. All right, a lot to, a lot more to get to here on the show. We're going to do a little bit of uh, local on-campus news. The news of the week has been the departure of Will Brown from UAlbany after 20 seasons and five NCAA tournament appearances. Bags and I will discuss that. Siena basketball last night locked up the number one seed in the MAC tournament. That's two straight years now the Saints are the number one seed. And, of course, they're trying to get – you know, are you avenging last season? It, it, it had nothing to do with their ability to perform or not. They just didn't have the opportunity to play in that MAC title game to then try to get to the NCAA tournament. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, what if ratings will be down this year? Will fewer brackets be filled out? Are people not going to be as in to the NCAA tournament because it's going to lack some of the real blue bloods? And traditional powers, teams that have struggled this year, who are perennial participants of this tournament, will not be in it. it is that going to matter? Will people care enough, or is this something that you just always, always watch? And NBC's NFL analyst Chris Sims is he just being difficult? Is he just being a contrarian with his quarterback draft rankings? Talk about that next year on Honorado and Bagnardi. I lead a busy lifestyle and wanted a vehicle with the space I need and loaded with bells and whistles. Dre was fun to work with and found a great deal for me to find new roads at Mohawk Chevrolet. And right now you should reserve your 2021 Silverado because we can't keep them in stock during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. Or cash in on 0.9 financing on select 2020 models for up to 72 months right now during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. I'm Kimmy from Clifton Park and that's my story and this is my Mohawk Chevrolet where they always go out of their way to please you. We're driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet here on Honorado and Bagnardi. All right, Bags, you tell me. Chris Sims, who I think does a really good job on NBC as an NFL analyst, is he just being difficult? And, by the way, I should point out, there is a new Todd McShay mock draft out, 3.0. I have spared you of that this morning. Instead, we're focusing on what Chris Sims is doing in his quarterback rankings where he has Zach Wilson from BYU one and Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, who will still be the top overall pick. Sims has him at two. Is he just being difficult? Or do you think this is a guy who played high level division one quarterback played in the NFL for a a few teams? Is he evaluating this correct, correctly and truthfully? No, Um, I don't know if he's just being contrarian, I'd say probably so. I mean, we're what talking about it, right? Which we wouldn't be if he just said, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, like everybody else. So 
uh, probably is the answer to the question. I don't know. Was there justification for this? Is there some kind of value that he described where he thinks that he, he can justify what's clearly going to happen, not happening? Well, yeah. Well, this is not, he's not saying the Jaguars are going to take Trevor Lawrence. He is saying in his evaluation of quarterbacks in this draft class, Zach Wilson ranks one, not Trevor Lawrence. Now, Wilson has has made a real climb here. And and just quickly, in McShay's 3.0, yeah. he has the Jets taking Zach Wilson, not trading out and somebody else taking Wilson. So this is a franchise in the Jets that has a quarterback conundrum. Do we keep Sam Darnold, who we just drafted three years ago, third overall? Yeah. Or is Zach Wilson so talented and with so much promise that we just simply can't pass him up? And that's what McShay is saying will happen. And Sims is seeing it on tape. Okay. You know who's the best quarterback in this draft? Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Those are the guys you want to use your draft picks, your high draft picks to somehow acquire. Figure it out. That's who I want under center. Give me one of those three guys over Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. That's what I want. Here's Sims's full list, by the way. Let me get rid of that other graphic and we can get a better look at it here. And, and it isn't just Wilson at the top that's intriguing. If you look at three, it's Mac Jones, not Justin Fields. And if you look at four bags, it's Kellen Mond. You know not what amazes me? Or Trey, La- Trey Lance. So <laughs> Sims is really shaking it up here. It amazes me how much can change without a single game being played. Right? <laughs> how do we make these drastic jumps from maybe not week to week, but maybe every other week to every other week, these drastic changes within mock drafts or rankings of players without a single game being played. The season's done. The body of work is there. Unless somebody gets seriously hurt or puts in some kind of incredible workout performing feats that we, for some reason, didn't know they could do on a football field. What keeps changing, Chris? I think, I think you know, the phrase um, paralysis by analysis, yeah, I think I something think. That starts to creep in here because yeah. you get guys watching more and more and more game film, and then they go back and they watch it again, and let me see that play one more time, and, and I think then it's kind of like, well, boy, he didn't do that as well as I thought he did. Or that was, I didn't notice on first look, but man, that was special. And let me adjust my rank. I I think we just, it becomes too much. It becomes way too much analysis. Yeah, it's like when we have the consultants come to work and tell us how to do our jobs better, right? It's the same thing where it's like, we've run out of stuff to tell you or they have to find something new. And it winds up being like, yeah, we've either heard it before. They, they can't go on TV and say the same thing every day right. about who they think is going to be drafted where. Things have to change up or else yeah. it becomes a lost message. And why, why are we even hearing it again? So they look for ways to come up with different things to keep it interesting. When the reality is, we know who's going number one. Yes. And then we'll see what happens after that. Because it's all up to the New York Jets, right? and what they want to do with the quarterback position. I'm not even saying what they want to do with the draft pick. I'm saying what they want to do with the quarterback position, and then how does that draft pick come into play? And if Kuyper – was it Kuyper's we looked at last time where they had him trading out? 
yep. thinks they might be trading still, swapping at four or whatever it is, or, or McShay thinks they're going to think. It's up to the Jets. Nobody knows. Kuiper doesn't have some insight that McShay doesn't have. I'm not saying these guys aren't connected. They don't have their sources. But here's the deal. If the Jets knew what they were doing and that was locked in, these guys would all know they'd all have the same answer, right? It's like when there's yeah. when there are different things in play, it means nobody really knows. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Joe Douglas so, is on the record as saying yesterday, I'm not picking up the phone, but if it rings, I'll answer it. Right. If somebody's interested in Sam Darnold. So he's not actively looking to trade Darnold, but if somebody's interested in his guy, he'll answer the phone call. And then, yes, of course, it will shift what they would do it too. If they've already traded Darnold, then they're going to have to draft a quarterback at, at two overall. Or if, if the phone rings on draft day yeah, and it's the Falcons saying, we want to move up from four to two because we're just right. absolutely so in love with Zach Wilson – then you answer the phone call, and if the deal's too good to pass up, the deal's too good to pass up. There is there is no position in life, not a single one, that cannot be improved upon. Right. Nobody could tell me, like, yeah, I'm I'm good where I am. If somebody came along with more money or just a better living situation, whatever it is, sure. we may not all take it, but you better believe we're all considering it. Yeah. And, you know, with these guys, and I don't mean to put too much emphasis on, a, you know, a mock draft or a ranking system like that are supposed to be just that, you know, like a mock draft is a, is a guess, right? And you're not supposed to take it as more than that. But that's when I have the problem of it's like, well, here's my mock draft one. Here's my mock draft two. Here's my mock draft three. Things have changed, but really nothing's changed because I don't know any more about what the Jets are going to do at number two. I'm coming up with something else now. At well, two okay, but that again, makes it interesting. But that's, it shouldn't be that. If you want to tell me the different possibilities that can happen, that's fine. But to constantly be renewing the draft of like things have changed and here's what they are. But you, you don't know that yet. So you would like a mock draft that just includes all the possibilities. One and done. Here's the mock draft. Here's what the Jets could do. They could take... They could take Wilson. They could trade the pick. They could take an offensive lineman. That's that's what you would prefer, something like that. Because well, what I'm telling I, you is the difference between 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0 is McShay has now talked to different people. Or he has talked to the same people who are kind of reassessing the Jets' position. And they're hearing different things, so they're feeding it to McShay or Kuiper. And then it leads to those guys coming up with what they have in their mock draft. I get it. But what makes Kuiper think the Jets are going to trade out of two and, and McShade not? Well, right. I told you last week, Kuiper had never included a trade before in any of his mock drafts. And then all of a sudden he's got one. And you know, it was ESPN like, listen, man, we need you to spice it up a little bit. Can you can you well, find what I'm saying? And that's, yeah. So I don't need him to come on with one mock draft that encompasses all the possibilities. I want to, I want to see Kuiper. And say, okay, you know, today we're focusing on the Jets. What do you think? And well, here's why. Here's what I think they should do, or where they should draft. But here are some of the other options, right? I don't yep. need to see it renewed every week or two weeks as a mock draft. I want the mock draft to be what you really think is going to happen after you've acquired all that information. And if we have one, maybe at the end of the college football season, or after, you know, after the Super Bowl, let's say, fine. But then. I don't really need to see another one until we get closer to the draft. This constant renewal, and they wind up being so different. It's like they they each lose value to me when you do that. That's all. You brought up the Texans and Deshaun Watson, and I was listening to Dan Graziano this morning on ESPN's Get Up, and and he said 
Houston's dug in, man. The heels are in the dirt. They are not going to do this thing the way Deshaun Watson won. They are they are hell-bent on keeping their franchise quarterback. And I can't blame them, right? Like You have to believe this guy's just too valuable to let go. And you're not letting him go. You're going to get something big in return in, in, in the way of draft picks. Yeah. But if you just believe this guy's our best chance to win, not next year, but maybe the year after that or the one after, we're keeping you, man. We believe you're the franchise quarterback. It's why we gave you the contract. And and we are willing to try to call your bluff on this thing if necessary. So things in Houston, already messy, are, are just going to continue to be that. First round of the draft is April 29th. So yeah. we've got a long time between that, between now and then. It's interesting, right? Because we don't usually see teams really play hardball often enough, I don't think, with players yeah. who are who are dug in, we don't usually see the teams dig in as much. Not that they give in necessarily, but I think the teams recognize, especially when it's a star player, well, if they're not happy here, we got to just do what we can to get them out, you know, similar to what Houston just did in basketball with James Harden, right? It became it became completely untenable there, and the, the move had to be made. And, of course, they made the move, and now they've lost a million games in a row. But, you know, they, they did what they could do, under the circumstances, but maybe they could have done more. Maybe they could have waited, even if Harden continued to get more out of shape and continue to not play. I mean, they essentially gave him what he wanted, and now he's going to be a candidate for MVP this year, the way he's playing so far in Brooklyn. So really, if you're sitting there as Houston, is that what you want, right? You look at that guy and you're like, really, after what he did to us, um, the way he exited, the, the way he went about things, now he's playing great over there, and here we are losing a bunch of games in a row. So, look, I think maybe we'll see more teams like the Texans just dig in and say, no, we're going to really get what we want, or you're just going to be as unhappy as we are about this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you want somebody trying to break up with you and you just say, no, 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 we're going to work this out, and that other person is unhappy being with you? Is that is that the relationship you want to be into me? It just doesn't make sense, but but I I, I do understand both sides. Hey Bags, one of the one of the people who is locked into this show every single week, and we throw up his comments. Yeah, we throw up his predictions. He, you look at them and you think that's crazy. There's no way it's going to happen. And and oftentimes he's closer than you'd ever expect. Is the rock closer man. than we are? Closer yeah. than we are. Yeah, is the rock man. And so we thought, you know what? Let's actually bring the rock man onto the show this Water. week. Because I know he's got some opinions on U Albany football, Duke mm-hmm. basketball, and and if the Dukies don't make the tournament, who is the Rock Man going to root for? Let's bring him in. There he is, Frank Rocco. What's up, Rock? What's up, brother? How are you, buddy? I'm What's going good. on, Rock Man? I'm doing good. Good, good man. Uh, how about your Dukies? What's happening here this year? They're not doing good. No. No, no, they're not. So I might have to go switch and go with uh, Gonzaga. Well, <laughs> the top overall seed, the number one team of the country. Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. think Gonzaga's going to win it all, Rock? I think Gonzaga's going to win it all. Okay. All right. Now, how about you, Albany football? You work at UA. You're around this team all the time. Tonight, man, the season opens up. You pumped? I'm pumped up. What do you I'm expect? 
what do you expect from this team, Rockman, this year? What's, you know, six-game schedule? I mean, what's what's realistic? How many wins are you going to predict here for us? I don't know. No. Okay. It's kind of up in the air. Up in the air. All right. Yeah. They got the quarterback back. They got under Clough for my man. Yeah. All right. Your boy could too, so. Oh, yeah. All right, man. What are you doing today? Rockman is on – he's on the IR, so you're not going to travel with the team. No. You're a little laid up. How's the ankle? Uh, the ankle's doing good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Man. Good. All right, brother. What You want to give any shout-outs here? We used to give shout-outs on the radio. What do you got? Oh, yeah. Noreen's watching and Uncle Danny from the pub are watching. Uncle Beautiful. Danny. I haven't seen Uncle yeah. Danny in a while. He's doing well, right, Uncle Danny? Yeah. Good. Good. Oh, yeah. All right, so, Rock. What do, you got, what do you got cooking this weekend? Not too much. I'm going to watch probably Duke tomorrow lose to North Carolina. <laughs> and that's about it. Okay. All right. All right, Rock. Before we get you out of here, though, we got—I got to ask you about Will Brown, man. You know, you were—you were there. Good, good stretch of his run. Now, obviously, not there. You know, we know how things played out. But um, tell us what it was like with, with Will Brown and the friendship that you have with him. Oh, I still got friendship. I talked to him the other day, and we're gonna just keep in touch. Good. And shout out the deli you guys would always get food from. Yeah. Oh, the bakery. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that was, your right? shout out. that was more your shout out, Chris. Oh, yeah. All right, Rock. All right. Have a good weekend, my man. All right, you too. All right, that's the legend. Absolute right. legend. Look, yep. the Rock Man, there are so many incredible stories about the Rock Man. Oh, he's a, he, I mean, he is a, he's a capital region legend. You Albany legend. Yep. You know, took took the field uh, at Giants Giants training camp when they were in Albany and in full pads, ready to go. That's right, man. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Jeff says he thinks UNH is a good test to start the season for UA. Great Danes on the road tonight against the Wildcats, number thirteen versus number fourteen. Uh, so this should be a good one uh, tonight. Of course, Roger will have the call. You can listen to that. Um, and we'll have highlights tonight on News Channel 13. We got yeah. football. Football. Yeah. In, in good, good for sure. I'm with you, Jeff. I, but honestly, it's – who the hell knows? Who I the know. hell knows? It's, At this point, we're talking about spring football. These guys have been practicing in the freezing cold and snow. Are they ready to go? I don't know. They've been <laughs> waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And so have we. And now we're finally here, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. about that. Look, I don't – I'm not huge into – into college sports in general, as you yeah. know. I get into the locals a little bit. I root for these guys, you know, uh, especially after we have these coaches on and we talk to them. And I know you're good friends with Gattuso and, and Will Brown. And, you know, you you really get into rooting for these guys. And uh, this is now as different as it is and as weird as it is, it's like this is a season where you want to root for them even more because of all the challenges they've had to overcome to get on the field. And we see, you know, we don't really see the personal side of it as much when we're following pro sports or right. the the Division One guys with, you know, like the the big major colleges at division at the Division One level. We really see the impact on the local level. We see how it affects these smaller Division One schools and the the challenges that they have to overcome. So it's it's more of a reward now to see the payoff of these guys getting on the field and. I'm almost more invested in this kind of season than I would be any other year, even though it's like there's less on the line just because of all the things they've had to go through to get here. So I really hope they have a, a, 
a successful season, even as short and as, as weird as it's going to be. And talk about the spotlight now, too. I mean, no, you know, FBS games going on. So yeah. the FBS has it to themselves. Jeff, yeah. How about high school football in the spring? I mean, that that is starting in a week. So it's in a week. It's wild. The basketball season will wrap up. They'll roll right in to the football season. Bags, you brought this up, man. Let's, and let's. It's been the topic in the five one eight all week long. Like, what happened between U Albany and Will Brown? Coach was there for twenty years. Five NCAA tournament appearances. That's tied for the most in America East history. Only Jim Calhoun won as many conference titles in the American East as Will Brown. And that was while Calhoun was at Northeastern before he went to UConn. Um, the language in the release was mutually part ways. Will's quote in the release from the school was, you know, he it's time for a new challenge. Yeah. Um, th- this His contract was up. And whether or not you want to believe what was in it, I think personalities wore thin. And it, it was time for a change of scenery. Maybe not a new challenge, but it was time for a change of scenery on, on both parts. I think right. Will has accomplished all he could possibly accomplish at UAlbany, right? And so yeah. I'm hoping he gets another shot and maybe even at a higher level, a guy who's just a – I think he's a phenomenal coach. I've been at a ton of ton of his practices uh, when no other media were there because we're working on the coach's show for Channel 13. And – and he's a phenomenal coach. You watch his in-game yeah. adjustments, his out-of-bounds sets. If I, if there's four seconds left on the clock and Uwe's got the ball and he's got a timeout, they're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And after 20 years, you, you you know how this goes. Like you see in professional sports all the time. It's, yeah. it's not so much in college because the player turnover is so great. But after 20 years, sometimes the same voice and the same face and on the sideline – you need a change, and and maybe both needed the change being the program and the coach. Yeah, and I, and I think that's right. Mutually part ways is, you know, we know it's never um, 50-50 if it's no. mutual at all. Mutually right. part ways can usually mean one side wants out, and that's sort of the nice way to put it. And usually it's the program or the team who wants the coach out. Now, in this case, I do think there's some – mutual aspect to it. I don't think it's 50-50. I feel like it was probably more the team that wanted him out than than him wanting out. Um but yes, yeah, I think if he were offered a contract, he would have signed it. Right, right. That's and that that's what I mean. So but you said it, man, there are personalities at play. Um in pro sports, it can be the head coach with ownership. Mm-hmm. It can be that it can be the head coach with a star player. Now you don't see that as much in college. In college, it could be it's usually more an athletic director or along those lines where you might have that arrangement that just doesn't work. Two guys who are just going to butt heads or egos come into play or whatever it is, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day when it's not going to work. It's not going to work, and whether it's sixty forty one way or the other, or even ninety ten, whatever it is. I do feel like there is a this isn't one of those mutually where it's 100 zero. I do think there is some of that. Yeah. okay, it it is time, even though, like I said, he probably would have stayed if they offered it to him. I think once you realize things aren't going well, you can assess it and say, okay, maybe I would be better off. You know, this isn't going to work here. And that's evident on both sides. Yeah. And I think both were kind of like unhappy with the situation. So if you're Will, can I? 
go coach somewhere else? I think so. And if you're the athletic director, can we get a different coach? Of course. A a somebody's going to jump at the opportunity for a Division One head coaching job, and it may be somebody without head coaching experience. It may be somebody who doesn't have Division One head yeah. coaching experience. We'll see which way they go. Uh, Siena last night, we'll wrap up the local college scene here with this. Siena last night locked up the number one seed in the MAC tournament, second straight year they've done that. Um, they have the two best players in the conference in Jalen Pickett and Manny Camper. And when you've got the two best guys in one conference on one team, good chance now that they win this. I, because the year is so strange, um, and, and Siena's not – I going to say they're not as good as they were last year, but maybe they aren't. Maybe that's just fair that they aren't as good as last year. They're still very good. Um, they are the favorites to win this MAC tournament, given all the challenges of COVID, given the guys they lost from last year, Elijah Burns being one of them. Uh, they're still the favorites to win this tournament and get to the NCAAs. Yeah, but Carm said it last night on on Channel 13. We had him saying, you, know, you get to Atlantic City, it's all bets are off. Things, yeah. none, of, none of what has come before really matters at that point. So, yeah, favorites, great, but there's still a challenge ahead here. This is not going to be just an easy walkthrough, I don't think. Um, but you mentioned something earlier about them having sort of a, a revenge mindset, and it's really revenge against the world. I mean, it's not something that was in anybody's control or you're targeting a specific team to go after or anything like that. You know, they were a big victim of, well, we shouldn't say a victim of COVID like that because there are real, real victims of, of COVID. But um, the, the season was so good and ended up being lost as a result of the pandemic. And I think they they feel like there's some serious unfinished business as a result of that. So Carm will have them ready to go. And I expect them to win this tournament because they will be as highly motivated as ever. And because obviously, like, like you said, they've just got the talent. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll win it too. They were going to win it last year. Um, and I think, I think they'll win it this year too. That alone. Right. I mean, talent alone, I think is just going to be enough to carry them through. Um, is there some luster off March madness this year? A lot of household brand names either won't be part of it or are going to be low seeds and not favored to even win their first round match. Does that matter? Are, are people going to care less about the NCAA tournament this year? We'll talk about that next on Honorado and Bagnardi. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated, when life sucks, <laughs> just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the F.U. back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillagaffUSA.com. This wasn't my first vehicle, so I wanted something cool, stylish, and dependable. The process was so easy and comfortable. I lead an active lifestyle, my days are busy, and I need a vehicle I can depend on and enjoy driving. As soon as I test drove the Honda Passport from Mohawk Honda, I knew it was the perfect vehicle for me. I love technology, and this Passport has it all. I'm Cassie from Boston Spa. 
That's my story, and this is my Mohawk Honda, where they really do go out of their way to please you. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. Driven by Mohawk Honda on Route 15 Glenville, Mohawk Chevrolet, right off Exit 9 in Clifton Park, where I got my brand new Blazer. Shout out to the Herodin family and Andy Gelcher for supporting the show here, Honorado and Bagnardi. Let me ask you something about that. The the Blazer, is that the the Trail Blazer? Is that a that's a different, or did they drop the trail? Is it like the Portland team where we don't even really say the Trailblazers? Hey, why don't we call them the Trailblazers anymore? No, it is a difference. There's a there's a Chevy Blazer and a Chevy Trailblazer. There is. Okay, so it's okay. Gotcha. That's. We I thought that was the case, but we don't do Trailblazers anymore. Uh, for they drop Super from the Sonics. For yeah. it was people were just calling them the Sonics. Right. Uh, a lot of times it's just the Wolves now in Minnesota. We don't yeah. go full Timberwolves a lot of time. Or T-Wolves. But yeah, you're right. You'll go Wolves. Yeah. We are just throwing tradition away, man. What is wrong with us? When was the last time they were called the Knickerbockers? You know? Thankfully, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Or the Metropolitans. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bags, is the NCAA tournament in a little bit of trouble this year? It, 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 are we going to not be as locked into March Madness because some of the bigger name schools, right, the, the traditional powers may not get in. And I'm talking about Duke and Kentucky and Carolina and Syracuse and Michigan State. And these are teams either currently out or on the bubble. Is this going to hurt March Madness? So here's the thing about the tournament for me. We always get into how exciting it is to have these potential upsets, right? The low seeds can take out a high seed because it's one and done and it's exciting. And we see it every year. We see a big upset. You know, well, oftentimes it's that 12-5 where for whatever reason, one or two of those can go. But we'll see really high seeds as high as three or even two go out in the first round or, you know, a second round upset. But then where do we wind up? We usually wind up with like, I know four number ones doesn't happen all that often, but like three number ones and a three or a one, a one, a two and a four, right? And it's like, well, okay, for as exciting as that was, and we had the one Cinderella team who made it to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, where did we really end up? Where we were going to end up anyway, with those big powerhouse schools that you're talking about going head-to-head in the Final Four. So this year, with that not really being as much in play, and that's not to say that the high seeds still won't be successful and get there the fact that it could just be a different team or the fact that a higher seed who's not like a perennial powerhouse might be a little bit more vulnerable to an upset we could see a lower seed maybe make it even farther than we're used to seeing or a couple of lower seeds make it even farther so is it hurt i mean are you going to tell me that college basketball fans are not going to be locked into the first two days Uh, of that tournament okay okay, but that's different Uh, you know i'm a fan you're a fan we're going to watch but will the average or fringe fan the the person who just is interested in college basketball yes in the middle of march because of the brackets and because of the tournament are those people watching or those people looking at their bracket and saying wait a minute 
Illinois is a one seed. No, those people and, don't and, care and who's Houston on the bracket. Is a two seed? Where's Duke? No. Where's those North people don't care about the, the, Those people don't care about the names on the bracket anyway. They care about the bracket itself and and seeing how many they can pick right. You know, picking their favorite color or whoever their aunt wants them to pick. I mean, no, I don't think it really matters. I think. The tournament is the tournament, and and you could throw anybody out there, and, and you're going to get people to watch. If anything, the real diehard college basketball fans might think, oh, this isn't quite the same kind mm. of tournament. But even they're going to be into it because they're the diehard college basketball fans, and the fact that things are a little bit different, and and maybe we'll see some some higher seeds um, playing who who are not used to being in that position. That's an added element of excitement and interest. For college basketball fans. So, no, I don't think the tournament really loses all that much, if anything. Let me run it down here real quick. And again, this is according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, who, of course, is the bracketologist. Syracuse is out, and they're the next four out. So, they're really not all that close. They need a deep run in the ACC tournament in order to get into the NCAAs, the way I'm reading into this. Duke is out, but they're part of the first four out bag. See how that works? I do. So they're one, one through four. Syracuse is five through eight, somewhere in that range. So Duke still has a, a decent shot here. Kentucky, forget it. I mean, this is one of the worst years in Kentucky basketball history. It's it's bizarre. They'd have to win the SEC tournament in order to get it. Michigan State, who just lost last night to Michigan. Wolverines, by the way, locked up the Big Ten regular season title with that victory. They're an 11 seed, but bags, they're in that first four. Brutal. So that's a play-in game for yep. everybody else who kind of remembers the way that used to be. That's all it is. It's a play-in game. And North Carolina is a 10 seed. So Carolina, out of those five, Shawnee, is the most entrenched of the traditionals. And they're a 10 seed. Yep. You look at the ones, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, the surprise to some people. Houston on the two-line would be a surprise to a lot of people as well who haven't followed this season closely. And I I think fewer people have probably followed this season closely just because it's been so bizarre because uh-huh. schedules have changed. There have been pauses. You, you may not know exactly when games are happening and not happening. So I'm curious to see what buzz develops after Selection Sunday. Yeah. How many people on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are filling out brackets and ready to really jump into this thing. Look, I'm sick of Bayheim. I'm sick of Roy Williams. I'm sick of Coach K at this point. So let's do it. Let's let's play with some new teams. Okay. Jeff says yes and no to the question, is the NCAA tournament in trouble, or will fewer people really be locked in? People will still watch the tourney. It doesn't happen because it didn't happen last year. You're right. That's spot on, Jeff. I had that in my notes. Like, I think maybe we're hungry. We're more hungry for this one than any other because we didn't see it last year we had it taken away okay so that's that's a great first point fans will be more exposed to some different teams and they'll have to learn about those because they aren't the blue bloods yeah okay mike weighing in here two of the number one seeds which one can you see upset early on in the tournament you want me to throw them back up there for you back up all right here are the one seeds they are gonzaga they'll be the top overall seed yeah baylor which won the Big 12 for the first time since like 1950. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan, the Big 10 champ in the regular season. Uh, they, Michigan, by the way, just about a week ago lost to Illinois. They got beat up pretty bad. 
by Illinois, and that was at home for Michigan. Uh, so they're the four the four top seeds. The one team I would say most likely to get knocked out before the other three, I'm going to say Illinois. Mm-hmm. I really like Michigan, and and that's in spite of the loss to the Illini uh, a handful of days or so, uh, ago or so. So I would say Illinois is probably the most vulnerable of those four. I'm going to say zero. Um, early on, I know that's not really the question. Which one can you see being upset early yeah. on in the tournament? But I really don't see one being upset early on. You think and I think the, is, the Sweet 16? Is yeah. I, and I think, you know, yeah, two two wins, two wins each. And then we'll see what happens. If I had to take one at that point, maybe Michigan. But that's with me having very limited knowledge of this college okay. basketball season, admittedly. All right, I love this comment from our guy, Tim Lang. He says, Gonzaga should see Michigan in the end. I don't disagree with that at all. And I do, and they, Timmy, interesting here. I'm rooting for Gonzaga to be the one, they will be. I want Michigan to be the second overall one because I want them on opposite sides of the bracket. Right. If Michigan's the third one seed, um, well, they'd, they'd still be on the op- opposite side of the bracket. So either way, you should right. get Michigan and Gonzaga in the end. You're right, Tim. But I love your point here on the back end. Watch out for Kansas. Kansas was down this year, man. Kansas fell out of the top 25. But Bill Self has gotten the Jayhawks back into it. And you're right. They just beat Baylor recently. They are playing well. Um, and from just an individual player standpoint, I can't wait for people on the national level to see Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State play. He may be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, he's probably the best player this year. And I can't wait for people to like flip on an Oklahoma State NCAA tournament game and go, boy, who's this Cunningham guy? He's pretty good, and, and he is phenomenal. It would be something if you're complaining about the, the major college basketball teams not really playing a role in the tournament, and then Kansas goes out and wins it. Then. I know. I know. Okay. Yeah, because of the of the if if a one seed wins it, yeah, and it is Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois. If a one seed wins it, people are going to go. Well, that's different. I mean, it's been a, it's. I know Michigan was in the end. It was in the the, the final. Um, they lost to Louisville six years ago, something like that. Now, but when people hear Michigan basketball, they think Fab Five. They think early mid nineties. In my mind, anyway, I think that's how people generally perceive the Wolverines and their last run of success. But they they were really good. Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr. When Beeline was there, they got all the way to the championship against Louisville. Gonzaga is just always a one or a two seed. Yeah, yeah. But the Final Four has not been their friend, and right. and I'm talking about getting there, not just not just advancing beyond the national semifinal game. So if Gonzaga were to win it all. It would signal, you know, a kind of finally over the hump for Mark Few. Right. Yeah. Look, the biggest point made in the the whole thing was not by us. There wasn't a tournament last year. Yeah. Okay. So, and it it was, we were at the brink and it wasn't there, right? We were talking about ways, how are we going to make it work, play without fans? They, they, really tried remember how that was so early on in the pandemic and there were way too many unanswered questions. I think even with the numbers, what they were then, if we knew what we know now, they yep. maybe still would have found a way to make it happen. But obviously that wasn't going to be the case. And people have been chomping at the bit for this similar, I think to baseball. I know we had a baseball season last year, 
but it was so weird and so different. And maybe it's just my rose colored glasses here because I think the Mets are going to have a pretty good team. Maybe that's why I'm extra looking forward to it. But I think there's a real interest in college hoops and then baseball right on the heels of it, the tournament and then baseball because of how it, it didn't feel like we really got what we should have last season. It feels like we're extra far removed from that than we were, you know, so that's what I'm really looking forward to is just having a return to normalcy with these things. All right. Two questions before we leave. Okay. You you're, you're looking forward to baseball season. Have you watched any spring training yet? Zero. No, come on. It's it's at the Nets right now. I know the Nets aren't going anywhere when baseball starts up here, but I'm not going to watch games that don't count. Okay. I just don't want uh, the Grom to get hurt. Yeah, right. I mean, I wouldn't even throw him. I, I am I am so anti preseason stuff. Let him throw his bullpen sessions, and we're good to go. Yeah. Why does he have yeah. to throw in a game? Um, will you be in a pool? I know you'll fill out a bracket. Will you Will you enter it into a pool? Um, if the opportunity arises you, you stumble upon ncaa tournament pools now, i'm not doing i don't but i'm not going online i'm not doing that if, if there's like one at work or somebody i know starts one and asks me to be in it i'll do it in the absence of that i don't know i like to be in it i, I think it adds it definitely adds interest oh. in it for me and i've been in them in the past and it's certainly different when you're not in them but i mean you fill out a bracket regardless but yeah i would I would like to be in one if the opportunity arises. Maybe you should start one. Start a well. I'm, I'm I'm not starting one, but I'm going to be part of one that that you should oh. get in on. Okay. Well, there you go. Somebody came to me with an offer to be in one. I'll take it. How much is it though? I'm not going to discuss financials. It's it's you know. <laughs> I don't want Ash to know how much you spent. <laughs> I got you. Okay. It's right. it's for entertainment purposes only. Right. There's, there's nothing to be lost or gained here other than self-respect and dignity. Those were lost long ago for both <laughs> of us. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the uh, the NBA All-Star game. Uh, you're making a pick here. I mean, I, I think is LeBron's team the better team? Durant is playing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, no, give me... Give me Team Durant with uh, with Harden and Irving and, and Anthony Davis is on that team, right? Yeah. Mm. So Bradley Beal be lighting it up. A lot Davis of scoring is, on that team. Yeah. Is Davis playing? He's not playing. Davis is not playing. No, so he's not playing. Right. So give me, uh, yeah, give me, give me Team LeBron as I review it further. But I gotta, I gotta roll with Team Durant. I'll be rooting for Team Durant. Yeah. You know who might sneaky MVP pick Zion Williamson? All the freaking dunks in that game and the alley-oops and, and even he'll be jacking up threes. When's Davis coming back? They, they still have to do a reevaluation of him before he can come back. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little while. Yeah. Well, Durant, we're hoping after the All-Star break, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. The West is getting interesting just because of the Davis injury. I'm not saying that – some team's going to, you know, knock off the Lakers when it gets to the most important time of the year. But, yeah. but the, they may be, they might finish third in the West, depending upon how long they're without. I mean, look at the streak the Phoenix is on. Yes. they're as hot as it gets. Yeah, uh, it's amazing what a difference. 
And not that they weren't good and up and coming anyway. And we knew about Booker and Aiton, but it's amazing what a difference Chris Paul can make when you add him to a team, isn't it? Still, still. But yeah. can he win you a title? No. Yeah. No. All right, Bags. Enjoy the weekend. You too, man. Thanks for watching, everybody, on Honorado and Bagnardi. We're back with you.